Come on in. We were just talking. Welcome to the Open Marriage Podcast, candid conversations about life, marriage, and parenting. More honesty than polyamory, but we talk about it all. I'm Summer, and I'm joined in conversation by my husband, Jason. We are dipping a toe back into brave waters. Are we dipping a toe or are we cannonballing off the dock? It's to be determined. We are going back to the idea of the open marriage. Still a big curiosity of mine. The time is really ripe for looking at marriage specifically and reconsidering it. It doesn't mean that it has to look different, but maybe the conversations and the ideas around it begin to shift and morph. I came across a really eye-opening video for me. It's a School of Life video on YouTube, and it's called Alternatives to a Standard Relationship. It's a little bit uncomfortable to watch. Part of me, the very progressive part is like, that's interesting. Let's think about this. Right behind that is this narrative of that's taking it too far. We don't need all that. And it works in the arena of jobs and expanding society and culture and technology, but I think we need to keep relationships pretty plain vanilla. I'm not saying that's my foregone conclusion and opinion, but it is definitely the safety reel that's running like right on the heels of some of these more audacious ideas around how we engage with relationships. We've had so many conversations about me liking vanilla ice cream <laughs> and you like, why would anyone order vanilla? Vanilla sucks. <laughs> and when you just said we need plain vanilla, I'm like, mm, delicious Haagen-Dazs vanilla ice cream. <laughs> and you're using it as this pejorative statement that says something about our personalities that will probably be a theme in the conversation. We just watched that video together and I'm curious for your thoughts on it. How did you find it? Were you like, yeah, we definitely need to consider these things or are you more reserved? Is he going beyond the pale there? It's a conversation about innovation. Yes, it and is. And so the video is saying, it says it explicitly in this School of Life video that we watched, that this recipe of relationships, this other person is your business partner, your soulmate, your co-parent, your co-property manager, all of these things, they have these different roles. And the little animated person in the video is like this little uniforms like are popping on, you know, one after another. It begs this question of why does one person have to play 20 different roles because they might not even be well-suited to all of those roles. I like to think of myself as somebody who prizes innovation, who is quite progressive in a lot of ways, but then I also acknowledge that I'm very respectful of tradition, and I'm not dismissive of it, because humans have existed for a very long time, and they've been experimenting with different ways, different strategies of arranging things to figure out what's most beneficial. And we have not, again, there's the end of time fallacy, which is that we have reached as far as we're going to go. And therefore, we're sort of at the end of human knowledge. And, you know, this is as far as humans will get. Like, there's a long, long journey ahead, I hope, if we don't destroy ourselves. But I also think that over thousands and thousands and thousands, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of years, in the case of Homo sapiens, like, we've figured out that some things work better than other things. 
We've had some success in terms of monogamous relationships, pretty significant success in terms of this works really well for creating stability for children to grow up in and thrive. And it's detracted from freedom and pleasure, like you've sacrificed some freedom to be the the man about town. (laughs) But men still, again, not all men, and it's going to be very difficult to speak in generalities in this conversation, Mm -hmm. but men giving up the freedom to just go sow their wild oats with any woman in town. And also the flip side of women having partners on a whim, like as many as they want, giving up some of that freedom, that sacrifice can be beneficial. So it's figuring out where are these lines and what's beneficial to monogamy? And then where is that technology really powerful and valuable? And where can we innovate potentially to allow these diverse human needs to be better met. And that's very difficult because every human being has a different set of needs. And so one institution is forcing everybody into a particular mold of a certain style of education or a certain institution like marriage or something like that. It's going to feel uncomfortable and unhelpful for some, whereas other people are like, wow, this feels amazing. I love, you know, learning in this way or, you know, having relationships with these boundaries around them. And so that's where this is, I think, going to be a really nuanced, fascinating conversation that I'm very curious to dig into. That was the takeaway for me of the video. The challenge to honestly accept that we all do have different needs and to be forthcoming with them in your relationship and look at how the normal boundaries around the current construct of marriage affect that. It is so nuanced because it's not going to look the same for any two people. And that was the takeaway from the video for me is not necessarily that I personally want to redraw all these lines, but... Let's interrogate them. <laughs> yeah, interrogate yeah. them and, yeah. and be honest with them and see where that goes. But some of the ideas that he put forth and you know, he's just getting the conversation started. But some of the ideas were a bit unnerving. You're like, mm, I, don't, I don't think do that any would work jump well. to, Do any jump to mind? Oh, the whole like one year arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take this a year at a time. It'll take it a year at a time. It might not work for me next January, but. I know what he's saying about, you know, kind of how that does encourage people to bring their better selves because you're you're really protecting and preserving something. You're not taking it for granted. That's what I see the strength of that yeah. argument being. Mm-hmm. But at surface value and first glance, it just seems very threatening of like, what? This could all be up for renegotiation each year? Like, this come on. Wor- this had- works for me now, but we'll see We'll see how I feel ne- yeah. next year or who's in the picture or what other options I have. That works in your dating life. It doesn't work mm. so well when you want to have kids together and you know, you're committing to those kids for a good 18 years or so. That doesn't work so well. I don't think that kind of instability. And I know Esther Perel also talks about that sense of not taking your partner for granted and that we often in marriages have this assumption of ownership and this will never change and they belong to me and and how disrupting it can be when that dynamic shifts and disrupting in a positive way as well as in a difficult way. Following that curiosity, we decided to listen together to the Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel podcast, the first episode of this season, and it's called, You Want Me to Watch the Kids While You Go Out with Another Guy? Question mark. 
oof. (laughs) (laughs) It's another couple talking to an actual professional, which we are not, in case we are misleading anyone. (laughs) We are definitely not. (laughs) We are not. About some of these curiosities. And I, I was so interested to hear her take on it and how she helps this couple navigate their questions and their hangups with it and what they're coming up against. Is that entire series all about polyamory and the no. and navigating the the no, different dynamics there? Okay, I wasn't yeah. sure if it yeah. was like a full on exploration with multiple couples about no. that. Okay, it's just Every that episode. Every couple has a, has a different story. Yeah, it is just that episode. And if you're not listening in on that, it is very good listening. Like when we finished, Jason was like, that was better than any movie. It is riveting. I mean, obviously, this is something that has come up between us. And it's a conversation we stay open about. It's not something that we're practicing. It is a dynamic of our relationship because for whatever reason, is a big part of my own curiosity. Even just being curious about it creates its own reactions from you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. While I'm still curious about it, I feel like where I've landed is being honest about those desires and the dysfunctions I felt within our sexual relationship and my sexuality. They were a beginning and they brought really important things to the surface. But as soon as you are willing to engage in those with me, to me, the priority has always been us and our relationship. And I'm not willing to sacrifice everything at all costs. But where that looks like it is still the greatest potential and has the most to offer both of us and me. And and I mean offer us in a very well-rounded way. I'm not just talking about offering us in the bedroom. But again, our emotional connection, our mental well-being, our physical connection, everything. It's all tied up. And so where that still has untapped potential To me, it's worth investing all that energy and curiosity and investigation in this relationship because relationships are extremely demanding and taxing and they take a lot of energy and effort. To my mind, I just felt like, okay, that is limited at this season in our life with kids and what's limited parenting, the energy. Oh, yeah. The energy. Lots of things are limited. (laughs) Yeah. The ability to just go out on a whim to go see a movie and grab a bite to eat, the two of you, all that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When that is so limited and it's hard to get that quality time, just the two of us. It calls into conflict how easily I would share that outside. I mean, if if I needed to and I felt like it was threatening, I would prioritize that. But what emerged in our relationship is that it wasn't and that we both were really willing to approach that together and to look at how we could improve this. And once you're there, then that's, that's the priority. But because it remains a curiosity, it's something I'd like to talk about with you because I just feel like we're not always going to be in this season. And I guess in my mind, I kind of imagine different scenarios. Kids are grown. What if for some reason your work took you here for a few months or I ended up over there for a few months? As more and more life freedom comes into the picture, are we open to new adventures and where those new adventures might be? new sexual adventures, new partners, new dynamics. I don't know. I mean, again, this is one of those things. It's nice to talk about before you're there because then it's stressful and it's weighty. And (laughs) now it's kind of like, let's feel this out. I think I might want to play with this at some time. And even while we're not playing with it in practice right now, 
it still to me feels very beneficial as a thought exercise. I find a lot of enjoyment from it. I'm teasing out that sense of freedom and playfulness and curiosity while not creating a rift in our trust and stability and family life in this moment. Yeah. It's so funny how things related to a theme often seem to just emerge and cluster around. Yesterday, I discovered that there was a new Dixie Chicks album. I mean, they're called The Chicks now. This is probably one of my favorite albums of theirs, and I I really like their music and went to see them live a few years ago. It's about the breakup of, is it Natalie? Mm -hmm. Mains. Mains, yeah. It's about the breakup of her marriage. It's very pointed. And interestingly, it is about the fact that her husband was exceedingly non monogamous. <laughs> very PC. I know. <laughs> Way to put it. He honey. was he was a cheating son of a bitch. So it seems. So we gather. <laughs> The um, suspect is allegedly a cheating son of a bitch. (laughs) And that is the stereotypical dynamic. The man like running around and then cheating all the time. And then this woman having kids and being locked down and not able to run around and cheat because she's taking care of those kids. And that's what you see in the Natalie main story. At least, you know, superficially, that's what it appears is she was being the responsible one, even helping pay his way in a lot of ways. And he was running around and pursuing impulsive pleasure. Again, take it out of the safe abstract and back into the much riskier personal dynamic. One thing that makes me fascinated by this conversation is the role reversal. Mm -hmm. Because there might be men listening to this podcast who are like, dude, take (laughs) take the hall pass and fucking run. (laughs) Like... It is just interesting to me. My creative transgressive energies are focused in my writing, in my thinking, in the work that I want to publish on the professional side of things with future projects. My appreciation of painting and film and stuff. A lot of the art that I love is very unsettling. But here in this one area, for me, I thrive on the stability and reliability of that. So that allows me to just blast off into outer space and all these different areas and exploring all these other frontiers. I want to talk about that as well, because in listening to the Esther Perel podcast, is this even a conversation, open marriage as a construct? I suspect, I'm not a scientist or a researcher, this is a conversation that is being born out of the female sexual liberation. Yes. And isn't that interesting? Like there's been a lifetime of male liberation and yet no one's willing to sit down and have a conversation and talk about how does this make you feel and let's approach this carefully and I want you to learn. And instead, and men are now, I mean, I don't mean to typecast for you, but indulge me this for a minute. Men are on the receiving end of women wanting to talk about a committed, open sexual exploration within a relationship. And men are like getting all insecure. And yet the way it's played out for us is you don't ask, you don't talk to us about it. You just go and you cheat and you have affairs and I mean, I'm, again, I'm talking about you. Thank you, honey. I'm but like, as you're looking at me, I'm like... You're taking it for I'm all like the gl- men right glancing, now. <laughs> glancing over my shoulder like, oh, I really hope there's some guy behind me that she's like <laughs> spitting fire at right now because it looks like she's looking at me, but... Just be the stand-in. Okay, you just you kick the shit out of me for, for every stereotypical <laughs> man out there. <laughs> exactly. 
Isn't that its own curious dynamic that we're even having these conversations and we're the ones bringing them? And yet women are still the ones who have to go into therapy with the men and say, let's talk about how this affects you and makes you feel now that I would like to have sex with one or two other people a year. <laughs> two a month in the yeah in the case yeah of the, in the, in the yeah. podcast it was two a month the emotional reality to him was it felt like a daily reality for him to deal with which was interesting that's why i explicitly wanted to draw out this hypocrisy or the role reversal even in our conversation around it you are raising it in such a respectful compassionate way because you came to me and said this is something i'm curious about this is something that makes me feel alive when i think about it this freedom and experimentation new horizons and all of these things and you know you didn't just indulge it like you raised it so immediately you're not sneaking around. And I appreciate that. It reframes the reality somewhat. However, there's still an emotional reality that is very primal, that is very, I think, evolutionary, that jealousy reflex. I want to be open-minded. I don't think about it just as, this is your experiment, and you do all this, and I continue in the same mode I've always been in. I do indulge it from the okay, if this is something we agree on, it's a freedom that we both get to indulge and benefit from. Trust me, it's something that I have fantasized about, but it's something that when I start to think of the practicalities of it, I'm like, all of the things that are fun in the fantasy version of it start to get incredibly unattractive in the practical version of it. What I really latched onto was Esther Perel's dialogue around the session where she is talking about how this is an issue of power. She said it so well, she nailed it. And that is exactly what was going on for me. And that's what I was asking and coming up against. In our first conversation about polyamory. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so thankful that I had the self-awareness I had around it then, and it's grown since then. These things are, as much as we look outside of ourselves, they are psychological dynamics often. And she even says in conversation with the couple, it's not the sex that's the issue, it's the context that you have it in. And it's the context. The context is everything. But it takes real work to shift that. And I am not at all judging the way that that couple is going about it. I so respect and admire them. And I think they're they're doing it really well. But again, Esther highlights, this is not an end. It's a point along the journey. We are always in the middle. We're always trying to figure out. And what I feel about us is while we haven't taken it to that same extent, it has fulfilled and tapped into the same dynamics. And we have been able to sort them out in different ways. And that's the thing is we all have our work to sort out whatever is going on with our relationships, with our sexuality, and it's going to look different. And for some, they're going to have to really push up against those boundaries and go outside or, or choose to take it to the extreme. But not everyone is going to need to do that. And not everyone's going to be comfortable with that. And what I hear you saying is you feel very exposed to risk and danger in this reality. This is where I feel like it is such a yin and yang of freedom and responsibility or adventure and safety. 
these competing forces that I'm obsessed with that I talk about all the damn time. <laughs> I mean, even down to like we live around the corner from St. Enda's Park here in South Dublin. And I was in the Pierce Museum. Padraig Pierce was one of the revolutionaries who was killed in the 1916 uprising. He was put to death by firing squad for betraying the British Empire and for treason. But he was a school teacher before he fought in that conflict. And there is this beautiful piece of writing of his, a personal piece of writing, where he talks about he never feels fully comfortable either being away or at home. When he's at home, there's this pull in him to go on distant adventures. Mm. And when he's mm. away, he just wants to be home. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and and so that is the pull of safety and risk and adventure. In my life, I seem to just be constantly magnetized, like drawn to these different images and artists who are contending with this idea. Bringing it full circle back to the beginning of the conversation where we were talking about the constrictive nature of the frame of monogamy and you were talking about it in the terms of this is a boring old outdated framework that is like plain vanilla on the menu and all of these things. My mind as a creative person transitions to the piece of paper or the canvas. Like this is a rectangular object, a canvas in both examples, that we get to draw whatever we want within the lines. And that is another version of order and chaos. The frame around something is just a feeling of security of symmetrical borders. And within the frame can be paint splatter, can be landscapes, can be absolutely anything. Mm. Just because the frame of the monogamous romantic relationship might be familiar, it is a kind of symmetry, a frame that encloses life experience that can be anything but. It's not synonymous with boring plain vanilla to me because I know that I just look at our own relationship and I'm still open to possibility. It just depends on what my prospects are. If I meet like a really <laughs> hot chick. You're like, all for it. I'll just... Who knows? Maybe it's Natalie Maines. Who, who knows? She's not with her husband anymore. She's on the market. I do like California, so I'll be out there visiting. But like in, in all seriousness, it's just the page. You know, we have had crazy depths and heights and exploration just within the two of us. And so for me, again, and I am only speaking for myself, is that in my life, because we have so few years, my commitment is to try to go as deep to the molten core of the universe as possible. Every second that I spend investing in other relationships other than you, to me feels like, okay, now I'm moving horizontally. Now I'm going wider. And so regardless of the risks, everything's a risk. <laughs> you know, life is a risk. You know, we're all going to die, you know, but time is a, a limited resource and it, that is a finite resource. Mm -hmm. And attention, time and, and attention. And attention. And in that Esther Perel episode, yeah. when the guy was talking about this sort of pain he felt in his heart when he saw his wife reaching for her phone with the excitement of a text from another man. That was probably the moment in the episode where I just felt my stomach drop because I was like, that would feel horrible. Yeah, yeah. Because it is a finite amount of time and giving some of that finite time to another person, like that would, that would be tough. I feel like we're saying the same thing. You say it much better, but 
I am at a similar place. There's still so much to explore between the two of us. And so I am trying to allow these other curiosities to nurture this relationship first and take that as far as it can go. In that session, Esther points out that it's a learning curve and they have a lot of learning. She was encouraging the wife, you're still figuring out how to do this and do it respectfully. I guess as someone who's given it a certain amount of practical thought, because I'm an empathetic person, I mean, the thing that you just brought up about sharing attention, yes, that is an obvious ouch. I would not want to know or feel threatened by any other dynamic that we choose to allow into our relationship. I just, I wouldn't want that lorded over me in any kind of way. And the encouragement she was giving the wife was make it all about the two of you, about how close it's bringing you together and don't allow for the elements that detract from that. And that's where I think there's a lot of room to be very careful. Any kind of pleasure, it is for you. Like you don't have to flaunt it out there as if like, oh, look at everything I'm doing. If you need to take care of yourself, if you need to go juice up somewhere, do what you got to do, but come back here and share the spoils. And I'm not trying to encourage deceitfulness or anything like that, but I think we have a lot of exploration to do around the role of honesty within some of these dynamics. So at the point that everyone is consenting, how do we then approach it in such a way that it doesn't threaten or cause insecurity in the primary relationship? Because that is really what we're serving. That's what I was wanting to serve was we have to get this back on. How do we do it? And yeah. And at the point that you're no longer doing that, then be honest, because that's a different point in the relationship. If they're now doing it for another relationship, because they've made another connection, like you have to come forward again. It is not a once and done conversation. It is an ongoing, hey, this hurts. Hey, this helps. And oh my gosh, I've this was my intention at the start. And now look where I've got to. And it is an ever evolving process. We have to approach very delicately. Again, there's like a very thin line between infidelity and polyamory because polyamory is just infidelity like with permission. There's this thing in a lot of times when you hear people talking about infidelity, they just say, it was only a physical thing. That person doesn't mean anything to me. You are the most meaningful thing in my life. That was just pleasure. It was just a moment of adventure. It was, and when we hear that in the case of infidelity, non-consensual, like venturing out, we kind of roll our eyes and we just think, yeah, it was only physical because human beings are so one-dimensional and there's no spark of attraction or I want to be with this person again, or when can I see them again, or thinking about them and my quiet moments of like being captivated by them. It was just physical and you never thought of them ever again. It's like, no, that's not really how human beings operate. Yet she was saying exactly that in terms of her adventures outside the marriage. She was saying, we're raising our kids together. We're doing all these things together. You're the only meaningful thing. These other things, that's just sex. It's just adventure. It doesn't detract in any way, or I'm not pining after these other people, but I have the same inner, really? Because that doesn't seem how human beings function. And again, this is where I fall prey to the stereotype, rightly or wrongly, of women connecting to sexuality through emotion rather than it just being a physical act. 
And you tell me if that's like wildly off base. Can you have good sex with somebody that you're not emotionally, intimately entangled with? Is she being totally honest there? I just wanted Esther to really, to kind of press on that point with curiosity, not with a judgmental edge to it, but because that seems to fly in the face of what I know about human beings. And I have an almost impossible time imagining going outside the marriage, having sex and not falling in love with somebody that I had really good sex. Okay, so Jason is not allowed to have, this is a one-sided open marriage now. Damn it. <laughs> Your hall pass has been revoked. Please go see Shit. the principal. See guys, I should have taken the hall pass when it was on offer before divulging too much but is that true for you like do you think you could have the indecent proposal go have Ooh, great good. sex with robert redford and not be thinking about him all the time after that one night and waking up with the million mm. you know, all that cash in the bed i think i'd think about that for a long time <laughs> <laughs> i would too robert i'd probably yeah, <laughs> i'd probably bang robert redford and like be thinking about it like well, I was taking out the recycling for, you know. <laughs> Look, it can go any which way. Yes, of course, you can get emotionally entangled. And yes, I do think, of course, you cannot. It really can just be a physical sensation, like going to the spa, getting a massage. You don't fall prey to every bit of pleasurable touch on your skin. You don't immediately feel like, oh my God, this is coming from you. I must love you. But not at every point in my life. No, that's not been true. Because I definitely have had other times where I've had to resist emotional entanglements with other people. And at that point, it was less about the physical, but it, it all gets... Other needs were being met. That, yes. Yeah. And so it is always dangerous and it's always a new self-assessment. What are you looking for and who is it? And you just, we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, anything that's new and infatuating, there is that risk. And so it's almost like setting up a very clinical structure around it to help you navigate it. So I heard someone, who is this? I heard Reed Mahal Mahalko. I'm I'm mispronouncing that. Sorry. Is Reed he, Mahalko. Is he Native American? Truth Last of the Mulcahalkins. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's literally running to the bathroom. If she pees herself, we unlock a new badge and fireside. <laughs> I was listening to Reed Mahako on the Truth Barrel podcast. You're not editing that out. With Gabrielle Reese. Reese. Gabrielle Reese. Oh, really? I was making volleyball that. player. And. It's such a good listen because, again, he is, it's not about answers, but he is really exploring these ideas. This is a long time ago now, especially in current culture. There have been a lot of things that have come to light since, so I don't know where some of that stands. But what I appreciated about it is he accounts for that element of resisting some of the ways that we naturally get entangled in romantic relationships because of what is happening physiologically with hormones and the way it's we're wired for this dynamic to play out. And so he talks about things like frequency and texting and, you know, just like set up certain precautions that you don't overstep so that you are supporting yourself and your true aim, which is hopefully not to become entangled emotionally with other people and ruin your primary relationship. Who is not going to go back to that buffet and eat at the same place again? 
The mature adult who is also not going to make themselves sick on a dessert buffet where it's like, you know what? The reason I went here and had some of this was to stir up my own desire, whatever. And it worked. God damn it. It was good. And that looks dangerous. So I'm just going to come back over to my yard and we're going to play here for a while. And I'm not going to keep going back there. What kind of ice cream? Vanilla. Definitely not vanilla. <laughs> soft. Oh, but soft serve vanilla with a, with a Cadbury flake. Nope. Nope. Not adventurous. I get what you're saying. That is the natural inclination. And that's where you have to make a concerted effort to push against that so that that doesn't happen. You know, if you're not wanting to bust up your whole life, you have to do it carefully. You don't bat an eye when you hear about that story of a man walking out on the family and why shouldn't this be an option to women? to go explore, to not be tied down. Yeah, I mean, we share our sexuality, and yet we approach it from very different places. And the woman, in large part, is very committed to the family structure and is not interested in blowing that up. And yet, more and more, as we are honest about not wanting to totally lose ourselves in that dynamic as well, we're coming up against how do we preserve both in a more respectful way. Right before our conversation, I opened Twitter on my phone momentarily, and there was a little prompt. It was addressed to progressive people, and it said, what is the least progressive view that you hold? Claire Lehman, who is the editor of a progressive online magazine called Quillette, she said the ideal place in which like children can thrive is a two-parent, preferably biological household. And I was just thinking about in this conversation around freedom, what do you think threading that together with thinking about the children and not completely throwing out their well-being just to selfishly indulge our desires as adults for freedom and exploration? And how do you see it happening if we do innovate in this space on like a broad societal level that it doesn't compromise the things as Claire pointed out, that are actually really advantageous for kids and their stability growing up, of having reliable parental figures that don't revolve, that, you know, stay mostly fixed for them as they're going through their most vulnerable ages of growth. How do you think about that? I think similarly. We have to be respectful of one another. And I do think a lot of this is constrained by what is beneficial for the relationship, whether that's the spouse or the children. For me, it's not about throwing everything out and changing it all up because it all needs complete reform. It's about how can we be more honest and more open to meeting everyone's needs without costing everything, Mm. bringing ruin to it all. That's why I have the approach that I do with you where I'm not trying to blow this up and yet I'm also not trying to die a miserable old... Resentful. <laughs> or die in a miserable, oh, sexless gosh. relationship. That, that's the thing. I don't want to get there. So I, I wouldn't be in favor of that. Can I be close to you so much for listening and sharing your time with us. Let's all keep the conversations going. If you're curious for more of ours, subscribe and hear it all. Until next time, be well. Be well.